This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And yes, you are on Bump and Beyond and I am your host Yolandi Becker and as always we're talking all things parenting. And coincidentally, I wish I had planned this but I can't really take credit for it. Um it is back to school today and our topic fits I feel very nicely into this. But on that note of back to school, I would love to let's let's do this frenzy of back to school and share a little bit with us your experience with back to going back to school. Um of course, as always, you can send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can SMS us at 34519. SMSs are charged at 150. If you didn't hear those numbers or didn't have it, then I assume you don't have the HiveM app yet. Then you should probably download it. It's a good idea because you can directly message us and listen to us through the app. So you need to go do that if you're not, um, if you don't have it just yet. But yes, back to school. I also had back to school today, of course. My kids, Emmy, is going to grade five today and Emmy and Oscar to grade seven. So my kids are a little bit older already, a little bit older. Doesn't make it easier. Just want to say that FYI, older children doesn't mean easier. On the contrary, we don't talk about it enough, but... The easy part is babies and toddlers. Um, I probably shouldn't say that on my show as we're talking about parenting and lots we're talking about babies. Um, but in the end of the day, it actually the dynamics change as they get older. But my back to school was actually a little bit sad, I have to say. I um, have that unpopular opinion today. I am not so excited that school is starting just because I had such a wonderful time with them <laughs> over the holidays. Um, I did something very differently during the holidays. Um, and I'll share a lot more about that on in the next couple of shows that's coming up. But this holiday, because we go on break, we have a holiday, we're privileged enough to have a holiday house in the Cape with our family. Um, so we go away for quite an extended time. And during that time, and I think that's part of the trick I feel, is that we didn't completely change our routine. We still kept a little bit of the routine. So I still got up in the mornings at quarter to six, six o'clock. I didn't sleep too late, which you are allowed to do. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. Please don't. You don't have to do it that way. But we did stay a little bit in the routine um, and I was very active with the children and all those things and I felt that make, made a huge difference that it's not such an abrupt change but again I'm talking here from a very privileged position <laughs> so I also obviously did work during that time as you know my last two shows I did from there so definitely I was already working but I love 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 the time with them so I was a little bit sad that we have to get back to school but also so excited again, unpopular opinion, getting back into the ha- uh, the hustle of working. I loved it um, already the last couple of weeks. Um, I just, I, I do get a very strange satisfaction of ticking off things off my list <laughs> of things to do. So again, unpopular opinion, but I want you to share with me your experience and what you're going through. I know most people are like, oh, yay, school is starting. And please, you are allowed to have that. I've also had that where I'm very happy when school is starting. Um, 
But yes, share with me your experience. But on that note, back to school. It is, like I said, I guess an abrupt change, going, getting back into the schedule, knowing all that needs to happen and getting into it. Um, I'm putting a positive spin on it, but I know that it is a very anxious time for parents. Um, getting back into the, ha- um, the hustle and bustle of things, getting your kids ready for school, having them to to deal with them with school things, um, whether they're small or older, there's various things that puts pressure on them, put, puts pressure on you as a parent. And that's why, like I said, fitting our topping for today and our really great guest as well. We're talking about anxiety today, parental anxiety, of course, but also noticing anxiety within our children, definitely. So as always, I do have the experts that come in and my expert really today is a serious expert. I'm really like bringing out the top guns this year Um, and I'm loving it. And I, I really feel so privileged to be able to talk to these people. And my guest today is psychologist and mother of two, um, Naomi Holt. Thank you so much for joining me today, Naomi. <laughs> oh, thank you for having me, Yolanda. I'm, Yolanda, I'm super excited to be here. Just This is such an important topic. I'm so glad that, and as you said, I mean, how amazing that it just happens to coincide with this week, everyone's launching back into school. Yes, and and like I said, I now am like a little bit sad with regards to going um, back to school and uh, stuff like that. But I I definitely have experienced the the opposite side of it. Um, I, this year also I was or last year rather I was very proactive and actually planned the back to school stuff. So everything was already when we came back from holiday. I had all the stationery and everything was ready wow. and all that. Yes, I pride myself on my organizational I'm just, skills. I'm just going to like spin on the other side for all those other parents who are more like me. Like I think I ordered, we ordered my daughter's stationery pack on, um, on Tuesday morning or Monday morning, got it, picked it up Monday afternoon and she went back to school yesterday. So, and I think, think for me and to, I'm, I'm, and I know a lot of parents, you know, there are, there are a lot of parents who are super organized. My hat's off to all of you. I, that's not me. Um, but the, one of the biggest stresses, and you mentioned parenting stresses, and we know that our stress and state as parents has such a profound impact on our children. But the rush, and especially towards the end of last year, and it started again. For me, yes, I absolutely love the holidays because it's that uncontaminated time with our kids. But one of the aspects that getting back to work, getting back to school, um, it just highlights is this rush. And in rush, there's such disconnection. And in rush, anxiety increases so much. So that morning, packing the lunches, getting everyone, brush your teeth, have you done this, have you done this? Wow. I mean, I can feel my stress just goes up then. And our kids does too. So if you are a parent on the other side, I see you, I hear you too. You're all welcome here, whether you're organized or not so organized. I like to say my not so organized mind. I like to rather just call it the more creative thinker. Yeah, and I mean, that's allowed. I, and I mean, and I know that it's not the norm and I know that, um, but I do, the, the reason actually I am this organized is because I don't like that rush. So I know yes. I'm, I'm, I'm 
turning 40 this year. I feel like I've learned about myself a lot. And I know this. So I actually know that about myself, that mm-hmm. what kind of triggers my anxiety. And one of those things, all for sure, the rush of things. I don't yes. like to be rushed. I don't, I hate being late. I'm so punctual when I'm late. People actually wonder if I'm in the hospital. That's how punctual <laughs> I am. So in the end of the day, um, I know these triggers for me, and that's part of the reason why I am so organized is because I can't I can't deal with that. It makes yeah. me super anxious, um, yeah. and that's why it kind of happens like that. But let's start the conversation off because about what exactly is anxiety. Because also for me, I always even with depression, I always say to people, there's a difference between feeling depressed and having depression, and there's a difference between feeling anxious and having anxiety. Um, so what is anxiety? So I think we need to like begin with just reframing because, you know, we hear the word anxiety and we're like, <gasps> anxiety, but it's like, it's not a disease. Like we got to like get that off the table. It really is the brain and the body's response to a perceived um, happening in our environment. So it's not, it, but, but that, that word perceived is so important because it's like someone's, well, our brains are pulling the fire alarm, but there's actually not a fire. So when it comes to something like fear, well, there's a real fire, pull the jolly alarm because I need my system to be activated to get out of yeah. one way or another. But anxiety, all those same triggers are pulled, the same stress hormones in our brains are released, but there's not an actual fire. So that's in a really big nutshell. So worry is kind of the cognitive component of anxiety. Stress is the physiological component, pop them together and we get anxiety. But really important to be able to just differentiate that it's the perception, not the actual oh my word see that's why i knew there was a reason why i got you i love it when smart people can talk in dumb people language maybe that was not the right word to use but in layman's terms let me write and i have to just tell you right now that i talk as i understand things and that's why i always say to people like don't think i'm talking down to you seriously like i take concepts and i chew them and chew them until they make sense to me and that is how i communicate them so great i can't wait to continue on this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Yes, welcome back. And again, if you've just joined us, we are today speaking about anxiety. Anxiety within our children, anxiety within our parenting, or us as parents ourselves. Um, And my guest today is expert psychologist Naomi Holt, and she's also a mother of two. So as you know, I do like to have parents talking about parenting, (laughs) Uh, hence why it's a parenting show. So I do do enjoy it when there are parents on the show. And we're talking, like I said, anxiety. Naomi, one of the things, I mean, you explained to us very well what anxiety is. And um, I mean, it's like you said, kind of... um, being stressed out, but there's no real trigger for it. There's a fire, but there's no real fire. Um, And the difference between it, and I love that. Um, For me, it's very interesting. And I mentioned to you when we started, when we were off air, that um, my son as well, um, now that he's, because he's 12 and obviously the hormones are changing now and he's very proud of all the changes that is happening and he always announces that he's got hair here and he's got hair there all of a sudden. But obviously I know 
that also there is a hormonal change happening um, that is triggering all these physical things, but obviously mentally, emotionally, there's a lot of change also happening. But before we get to those triggers with my son and what's happening there, you also mentioned before specifically that um, how we react as parents have a very big impact on how it reacts to our children. And I see that mm. also, even with my, <laughs> especially when they were small, I felt mm. a lot more now then. I think now they know me a little bit better um, now that they're older. But it's for me very interesting to see. And I mean, lots of parents even mention that when their kids are small, they're like, oh, I hate that witching hour just before bedtime. It's such a horrible time. And I'm like, yeah, because you're stressed out, you got back exactly. <laughs> and your children are just feeding on your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, how can our own anxieties impact our children? I mean, and they really, really do, as you've said, so much. I like to think, and I always tell parents, like our children are mirrors and sponges. They are absorbing everything and then they reflect it. And, you know, along the lines of what you've just said, isn't it? And I often also say this is that those days we've had such a stressful, hard day. We get home and our kids are behaving like ferals. They're like up the walls and we're like, why? Why today? Of all days, do you have to choose today when I've had such a bad day? Well, they're just reflecting what's going on within us. And when we look at anxiety, that it's actually our nervous system that is so dysregulated. Well, we pick up, especially the parent-child relationship, we really pick up on each other what's going on in each other's nervous systems. So we know that regulation and the ability to regulate is something that grows. Our kids um, develop it, not through us telling them, you don't have to worry, like calm yourself right down. They, they're able to regulate through what we call co-regulation. And that means being able to be in the presence after any big overwhelm, whether it's a meltdown or a huge kind of a upset about something or an anxiety when we are able to regulate ourselves. So the most important thing is doing exactly that is managing our own anxiety and our own stress. Cause there is no way. I mean, I have parents who bring their kids to me and say, you know, Naomi, you've got to work on my child's anxiety. And I'm, I said, Whoa, let's just begin with where you're at. Let's talk about your anxiety first, because otherwise they're coming to me we are doing the work that we need to, but they're going right back home where anxiety is being reinforced. Oh. So as I say, and I say this in my book as well, and I say it all the time, this whole thing about parenting, it has got so much more to do with us and our space and our growth and our healing as parents than it actually do does to, have, to, to do with our kids. And I mean... It makes me feel better and worse at the same time, your realization of that. <laughs> um, but I mean, in some ways, I also feel that it is very a lot more empowering when you think about it in that way. Because yes. in the same way, I always say that you can't control how other people feel. You can only control mm-hmm. how you react to the situation and to their feelings. Um, I, and I feel that, and that's why I'm saying, and I, and in all honesty, I don't know if anyone can remember how I was feeling in November last year, but it was, I think most people were feeling the same way at the end of last year. And I felt like all my messaging was a lot different 
than what it is at this moment. And I think for me, that was a mind shift changed and an empowering moment. And I think all of you can hear that I'm a lot more positive and <laughs> than what I but was. <laughs> I love what you just said and you used the word empowering. And that's the thing with anxiety. Anxiety is by its very nature, so disempowering. But when we realize, and we can like look at our children and what's going on within them and this whole parenting thing and go, oh my word, I've got no control. But we do. When we understand that so much of it has got to do with our space, that for me is empowering because there's so much in the world that I can't control, but I can most definitely control my reactions, my responses, and what work I do within me, which has a direct impact on my kids. That is ultra exciting. Yes, I mean, it really is. But what is one of some of those things that we can actually do to manage our own anxiety? I, think, I mean, and there are so many, we are all different and we've got to, you know, when I, when I do my courses and my talks on anxiety, I always say to people like tune in because you've got to recognize what works for your nervous system. So maybe it's, uh, it is sometimes very practical things like organizing your day better, which is exactly what you said you do. Um, some people are in jobs that are just causing a super amount of stress and anxiety. So it's rethinking that if that's possible, it's things like thinking about what we eat because we know that nutrition can play a role. It's um, our exercise. We know that moderate exercise plays a big role in reducing cortisol. It might be looking at homeopathic medication, therapy. It might be looking at um, kind of other medication. So it's also another big part of anxiety is tackling those thoughts, those negative, those critical thoughts, those anxious thoughts. So there's so many components of it. Um, But really, if you need to, to find a supportive therapist who can guide you on the road and just take your lifestyle um, into into your own hands and be empowered with the things that you can do as we've spoken about. Oh, and I mean, I love, I love, and I mean, I'm all for this, like rephrasing how you look at things. And I mean, I also had a recent experience with my my husband actually about it, where he was a little bit discouraged now going back to work and, and, and he works, he actually helps people to be honest he really makes a huge difference in development work and 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 but he was recently kind of feeling a very discouraged and it's like oh it doesn't feel like we're making such an impact and whatever and I actually reflected to him and I said to him in the end of the day doesn't it don't you feel it's worth it just because I know you're definitely changing one person's life (laughs) is doesn't it make a difference just the, the fact that you are you know, one person is better than none mm. <laughs> at the end of the day. And so he made kind of, I really saw in his face that he was like, mm. you're right. And it is. And he <laughs> yeah. into it with a lot more happiness and you're ready to do it type of thing. You know what's so awesome exactly on that line for me is like when we look at it, okay, I have to do, I mean, I know I've got intergenerational cycles that I've needed to break. And when I look at my kids, I can look at them and I'm doing the work and I'm making a difference in their lives because I'm doing the healing work and the growing work. But knowing that for every person, whether it's in our own family or anyone else, that we do the work on ourselves and therefore impact on one other person, we're changing not just one person's life, but generations. We've got to look at the bigger picture and that the dominoes just start falling when we look at how many people we're actually impacting just by doing the work within ourselves. 
Oh, I, I'm, I'm really by, I told you already, I need to buy that book. And we're going to talk <laughs> about that just now. But um, if you've just joined me, you are on Bump and Beyond. This is 101.9 High FM. I am your host, Yulani Becker. And today I'm talking about anxiety, parental anxiety, and then also anxiety within our children. And as always, I mean, I mentioned earlier, back to school is quite a journey for all of us. So share with us your back to school. Are you happy that it's finally going back to school? What's happening? Um, of course, as always, you can send us a telegram on 061-895-1019, or you can send us an SMS at 34519. Anxiety is such an important topic. And I think it's also um, a necessary discussion to have because I do, I, I mean, I have to say, I feel like anxiety comes kind of with the territory when it comes to parenting, because I, I th- feel a big trigger for anxiety is of course the unknown and lots of things we do as parents mm-hmm. is unknown and we don't know how to handle the situation. And I love though. And again, I love the fact that you mentioned that, we can work on ourselves and it's an empowering thing to know that you just need to work just <laughs> and just to work on yourself that it can filter through to our children because they definitely definitely feed off our emotions and i even as a sleep consultant see that when i assist clients and i tell my consultants this all the time in the end of the day if your parents that you're helping feels empowered through the process and they know what to do and you give them confidence, it's going to filter through the, to the child and they are going to go through the process a lot easier because of that empowerment. So I can see it physically, that confidence. Yeah. And, um, and um, if you're working on your own anxieties and the ways to manage it, and like I said, it's also even while you were saying it, like, nutrition and exercise <laughs> and all those things. as adults when are we going to listen to those it's all even with sleep <laughs> exactly and sleep makes such a our own sleep makes such a huge difference to anxiety because when we are not sleeping enough that we are far more easily dysregulated we're likely to get far more stressed far more anxious but exactly what on what you've just said now when we're working on ourselves that it has a direct impact on the quality of relationship that we have with our children and we know that we all as human beings experience a sense of safety within the context of a connected relationship which is why it's like this wow wow thing and we know that on a I mean even on looking at what's happening in the brain and what's happening so on all levels it's that safety that gives us that really helps reduce anxiety and we find that in a secure relationship. But now the next, I mean, already I kind of, I feel like I know the answer, but I do have to kind of ask, (laughs) how are we going to, though, see what like the symptoms are of anxiety for our children? Because it's also, I mean, to be honest, just thinking about it scares me sometimes. It's like Mm -hmm. if you hear these things of 13-year-olds committing suicide and uh, 12-year-olds and stuff like that where you're thinking, how do they think that's the only way out and things like that? And obviously, there's a much broader discussion that Mm. we can have on a very Mm. different level about it. But that brings me like anxiety if I think about Mm. those type of things. But uh, what are some of the symptoms of anxiety in children? 
So if we're looking at anxiety, and yes, anxiety and depression are known as best friends, but we need to, for the purpose of the conversation, separate yes. them as, you, as you've mentioned them. But some symptoms of anxiety, we're going to, like, like they're the given, they're that A-type personality, that like, that super organized, being on time, getting ready for everything, making sure, don't, don't want to make mistakes. These are the kids who do not want to get into trouble. They will stick to the straight and narrow, very black and white thinking. They can be your children who are more sometimes hesitant to engage in things. Sometimes it's that child who likes to watch everything first and really make sure they know what's going on. They're also the child who asks 101 questions. They constantly, and as parents, as educators, you're like, Rah, but we spoke about this. You're just kind of going to take that breath and keep it. They need to know because the more they know, remember they're feeling so out of control of the bigger world. So they're trying to control their smaller world. And on that line too, often it's that child who on the playground, even at home, they're bossy. And they're not actually bossy for any other reason than they're just trying to control their world. But if we're looking at more the physiological symptoms, it might be that child is often complaining of tummy aches, of headaches, um, nauseous before school, <gasps> that I don't want to go to school, that kind of thing. That sometimes it's those ADHD-like symptoms. Mm. And I say because, you know, there's, we can, it's so easy to misdiagnose um, anxiety as ADHD. We do see them both together, but sometimes I've had parents bring kids to me with so-called ADHD and it hasn't. It's been anxiety because they're jumping up, over, up and down all the time, interrupting, and it's really not that. And then as we said as well, we see sleep issues that are so common. So there's so many, but those are just a few that we that we might see. But also, I want to just bring up, because we often just talk about those kind of things, the, the, the more negative or the darker side of anxiety. Most often, anxious children, anxious adults too, highly intelligent, extremely perceptive, very intuitive, very responsible, um, hardworking, and phenomenal problem solvers and creative thinkers. So we got to look at the other side of the coin too. Oh, it's like, as you're saying all those things, it's like also, I mean, already earlier when you're saying, it's like when I'm like thinking, oh, my son is ang anxious and I'm like thinking, oh, I've created this demon. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm working on it. That. I am, I'm it. working on it um, and I am reframing it. And I feel very, I, I honestly feel empowered through this conversation, luckily. Um, but what is like, um, how can we actually talk with our children about um, this, uh, about anxiety? So when it comes to, I think, the whole topic of anxiety, and again, going back to, I so often see anxiety and depression, especially in my teens going hand in hand. What's so important from the youngest age is to normalize all emotions in our homes. So, so often, what do we naturally do? I'll have kids coming into my playroom and we start talking about emotions and then I'll, I'll say something to them like, um, you, you, what feelings do you feel? Happy? Yes. Sad? Sad? Yes. Angry? No. Anxious? No. So we don't talk about all feelings as if they're normal. So kids come in feeling that some things, the big overwhelming emotions can't be spoken about because we just don't feel them. They're not good to feel. But that creates anxiety because they're human. Mm. It is human to feel absolutely every single emotion. So that's a big one. From the youngest age, normalize all emotions. That means that you also can tell your kids, she's, I've had a frustrating day and this is what I did about it. Or what, talk about other people that you might see. Wow, 
seems like they're not having such a great day or that person seems to be feeling really sad. We've got to start. Life is not all roses. And we often like present that in our homes and then punish our kids for things like feeling anger. So anger is actually just feeling completely disempowered and out of control. We've really got to reframe that. And then um, there's, there's a couple of specific techniques I think that I'll talk about have we got time to quickly chat about them? Yes, let's start with the okay. technique. We might have to in between take an ad break, but we can talk <laughs> take a little ad break. Checking in on that ad break. So the other really important thing, along with talking that, is when it comes to normalizing. When you're okay, so to have the kind of relationship where your child will come to you and say, "Your mom, I'm feeling, or dad, I'm, I'm feeling worried about this one. I'm feeling a bit anxious. My son came to me yesterday. He started school today. He said, "Mom, I'm feeling a little bit worried." Now, not to say, "Ah, oh, it's fine. You don't have to worry about anything." You're just fine um but really to normalize that and to ah i totally get that i get that you're feeling anxious okay part two coming up (laughs) (laughs) this is bump and beyond with yolandi becker is brought to you with compliments of discam baby city uh, yes, thank you so much for joining me. I'm like a little bit, as you see, I'm like talking at other things and doing things at the same time. But if you've just joined us, this has been such a great um, um, conversation today and I'm definitely going to have to get Naomi again on the show. If you've just joined me, we are talking about anxiety within our children and pres- uh, uh, Consequently, as we've realized within ourselves, um, dealing with anxiety and how to deal with it. And before we went to the ad break, um, Naomi, you were specifically uh, giving us some tools how we can deal with it with our children. (laughs) Yes, and I'm so excited about these because I find them so empowering in my household too and in the therapy work that I do. But as I was saying, so just to normalize that space and not to go, ah, there's nothing to worry about. Because as soon as we're doing that, we are minimalizing our children's emotions. Plus, we're really what I call just shutting them up and shutting them down. So they're not going to come to us again. They're going to feel like the space that they're in, there's something wrong with that. But what I say to my kids is, oh, my word, absolutely normal. Now, how I talk about anxiety, I think about the brain, our entire brain, everything we do every every day, I talk about them as like bridges. That's the little neuron pathways. So my kids know, and they even reflect this to me. I say, oh, of course you're anxious. Of course you are. Your brain doesn't hasn't built the bridge for that yet because it's something you've never done before. You've never been to this person's class before. You've never sat in this group of kids before. Of course, you're going to be nervous. And they know. And then every time, um, kind of every time we redo an experience, we're strengthening what's happening in the brain, that little neural network. So we're going to feel less and less anxious. And my kids know. So we're building the bridge that gets stronger and stronger. The other thing that, that helps so much as a parent is if your child comes to you and says, I'm so worried about that. But remember, you have to work on a good relationship for them to come to you in the first place. As I said, to say, to do not go, okay, so this is what you're going to do about it. Step one, step two, don't try fix. Our children need understanding more than fixing. They need to know we can just sit in that space with them. But to say to them something along the lines of, you know what? I remember when I was 10 years old and I I had to go to this teacher's class and I heard that she was so super scary. I, I remember how worried I felt. That's actually all you have to say. You don't have to say, and then I did this and then I did this. All they need to know is that you get it. You totally get it. It is so empowering for them. I get goosebumps just saying that because within that, they're actually able to find the courage to keep taking those steps 
to work through it themselves because they know they're not alone and what they're going through is normal. And the parent who they love so much has been through it too and is still standing. So those few simple tools, yes, there's so many more we could talk about. But, but that's why people need to get your book, <laughs> Naomi. Yes. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But if you've missed this conversation, please, you need to go listen to this podcast. It's fantastic. And it was so helpful. And also, to be honest, it's also great um, for me to know that I'm not alone in that journey of anxiety, um, as you said. So it was so great. So Naomi, where can people reach you? What's your book called? Please give us that information. <laughs> okay, so I'm um, on social media. It's follow now, her. Great following her. <laughs> psychologist and speaker. Um, and my book is Bounce. And it's available at all leading bookshops in South Africa and on Amazon, on Loot, on Take-A-Lot. So you can get it anywhere, but it's all about raising resilient children. And resilience is something not that we teach. It happens naturally within the context of a healthy, connected relationship with our kids. And of course, we know that when we look at anxiety, we need to be, that is something that our resilient kids are not going to struggle with anxiety and vice versa. So for me, so important, this book is all about things that we as parents can do to really uh, help empower our children. Super, super empowering. Awesome Naomi, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. It was lovely having you here. <laughs>